you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Wednesday, January 17th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a man talented enough to be the best in the room at anything but humble enough never to call out the truth of it, strong enough to shoulder the burden of change without allowing the need for it to be the enemy of it. What do I mean by that? Well, he was a top quarterback in college, but the NFL wasn't ready for his version of quarterbacking just 18 years ago, y'all. So he (laughs) made change in order to make a life and some serious change in the NFL. (laughs) Let's welcome back to the pod the real Mike Rob, Michael Robinson. What's going on, Andrew? Glad to be here, as always. Good to see you, man. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, we're focusing on the NFC side of the playoff bracket. As we bid a fond farewell. Actually, you know what? Rewrite that. I don't know about fond. How about just farewell? We bid farewell to the Cowboys and the Eagles and the Rams. And I want to know from Michael Robinson what we learned about these teams this year, beaten in the super wild card round. What was the problem? What remains the problem? And what is the first best step toward addressing that problem? We will also hear five things we may have missed from Super Wild Card Weekend from our good friend Bridget Condon. That's coming up, but first, this. Second down, he needs nine. Here comes a five-man rush. He fires left side, caught the 40, reaching for the first down. It's Amon Ross St. Brown against Clinton Lake to clinch it for the Lions. A 10-win season for your Los Angeles Rams. Finishes on Wild Card Sunday. You watched it, Michael. We watched it. Final score, Lions 24, Rams 23. The L.A. Rams, against all expectations, made the playoffs, earned a six seed, and came agonizingly close to winning that game in Detroit. Mike, I should think that when you exceed expectations, that's a win. But then again, external expectations are not always in line with (laughs) internal expectations. I cannot speak for the Rams. What did you learn about the Rams this year? If you're signing their yearbook, so to speak, what message are you leaving them with? Um, They definitely were year, and I could make a case for two years uh, ahead of schedule um, because when they did all that they had to do to win that Super Bowl a few years ago, they literally leveraged their future to win right now. And uh, that seemed to be the new thing to do in the National Football League. But my, my retort was always, well, as a general manager, don't you have a f- responsibility to grow the future of your franchise and have guys ready to compete for a Super Bowl every single year? And literally it took one down year, and it's they're right back at it. I'm not surprised that Sean McVay every single year loses coaches to coordinator jobs because the guy can coach. Uh, He's never worried about losing anybody. I can't say the same for people up in Philly, but (laughs) he's never worried about losing anybody because he develops young people. Um, So I I know they lost, and I know it's a sad day for Rams fans or whatever the case may be, but uh, I think the future's bright. As you look forward, as you look ahead to an NFC West next season, 
where you have a Seahawks team, your Seahawks team, very likely in transition of some kind. Certainly a lot of offseason questions with regards to Pete Carroll, obviously uh, no longer there. The future of Geno Smith, uh, questions at so many positions on that team. You look at a Cardinals team that starts to play over these last oh, 10 to 12 weeks in a way that portends a very bright future for yeah. them, right? And, of course, you look at the class of the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers, who, depending on what happens this year, that may well inform certainly how their next season begins. So hard to tell, but strictly from a Rams perspective, will they be as competitive or do you expect them to be more competitive in the next campaign? Well, conventional wisdom would tell you that they'd be more competitive next year. Um, another year, another year with Aaron Donald uh, going after another Super Bowl. Um, and you have a quarterback that it's still a very capable guy, Matthew Stafford. His arm talent um, showed you have Puka Nakua and those guys on the outside still playing well. Kyron Williams in the backfield. Um, but I, I'm going to say this team is going to be wor a little worse than uh, they were a this step year. Back a step back before the next step um, forward. Yeah, because uh, – I believe they're going to lose Raheem Morris yeah. to a head coaching job. I personally, <laughs> selfishly, as a Washington fan, hope they lose Raheem Morris because I'd like to see him in D.C. I don't know what his future is, but I think he'd be perfect uh, for D.C. to help kind of acculturate, to kind of create the new culture that I certainly, as a fan, they're am looking one of for. The but I can, only, I can only speak for myself. They're one of the three. I love that. There's a look of there's a look of real context and real understanding. Can they you can you share the other two? No, you cannot share the other two. But hey, 33% uh, of the mystery <laughs> solved is better than than zero percent of the mystery. Yeah. But I'm happy for him though. I'm happy for Raheem I'm Morris. I'm happy this, for him too. This guy is a leader of men, and I know we get caught up in head coaching searches where he's a defensive guy, he's an offensive guy, he's a scheme guy, he's a that guy. Can he stand up in a room and command 53 grown alphas to shut up and look at you? And the answer when posed that question for Raheem Morris is yes. Absolutely. And the Eagles have not just been beaten. They have been taken apart. Michael, let's turn now to the defending NFC champions mm. who crashed out badly in Tampa. Their sixth loss in seven games to end a season that began with a 10-1 and start to yeah. the campaign. That was December 3rd. There they sat, 10-1. and But, of course, the season ended with many more questions than answers. What is your biggest question of this team for this team? Leadership. Where is it? And it, 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 it's weird to feel like that about a Philly team and Jalen Hurts is the quarterback because that is one of his superpowers, being able to lead, having people in that locker room when he speaks, being able to be quiet and listen to him and command a huddle and all of that. And I just didn't see it. And again, I don't know if that's a Nick Sirianni thing or whatever the case may be, but when they lost their coordinators, they lost everything. Shane Steichen, uh, there wasn't any continuity in this offense this year. They, for whatever reason, they stopped running the football. For whatever reason, Jalen Hurts' legs wasn't a part of this offense as it was last year. For whatever reason, they didn't have any answers to blitzes that, I mean, Todd Bowles, even, I think he even said it. We didn't, we didn't plan on blitzing him that much, but once we realized that they could not handle it, yeah, we blitzed a little bit more than we usually do. Everybody in the world knows Todd Bowles is going to blitz. So how, for, for you to not have answers, to me, um, and I don't put that on Jalen Hurts. I put that on the coordinator um, and Brian Johnson. I put that on Nick Sirianni because the offense is in his background. 
it should be more, a little bit more competent than this. And then defensively, I mean, you, you can't go from 70 sacks to go to, to, to break records with 70 sacks to now be one of the last teams, one of the last teams in the National Football League in, in, in pass defense and not ever, ever smell the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? It, they just went backwards. They started to regress. Nick Sirianni needs to take control of this team. I don't know if he's ever had it. Um, again, I'm not in those. I'm not in those meeting rooms. Um, but I listened to some of the veterans talk when I after the game. You know, the Lane Johnsons, the the Brandon Grams, the Fletcher Coxes, those guys. And I always leaders speak to the entire team when they do interviews. It's fascinating if you just watch the leaders of a team. They'll tell you what the issues are. And to see those veteran guys talk about effort, to see those veteran guys talk about just somebody has to make a place, they don't have the answers. To me, that's systemic. And um, I'm not, I'm, I, I never want to call for people's jobs, but it, <laughs> something has to happen there in Philly. Jalen Hurts, they made a large investment in him financially. Um, he looked the part last year, certainly proved that he deserved the, the contract that came after. Uh, he certainly looked the part most of the first half, if not longer, of this season. You fully expect him to be the quarterback of this team? Absolutely. Well, that's I, not going to change? I don't, I don't think that changes, but I will say this. I believe the first half of this season, and, and, and I can say this because I've, I've, I've lived it, right? You play a team early in the season, you knew they were big top dogs the year before, and you won't see it. You're looking to see if they're the team that – they're supposed to be right and I believe the first half of the season Philly was getting 14 points just because teams feared what they did last year and about week eight week nine around week you know around the middle of the season teams said hold up this ain't the same team this ain't the same Jalen Hurts that ain't the same defense that's not the same uh, defensive coordinator they're not even running the same stuff Oh, it's on now. And I think you saw a shift in teams' mentality when play them, playing them. I tell people all the time, I used to play against the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. They were a really good team. Really good team. But I never feared them. You didn't fear them. Because to me, they weren't a, they weren't a physical group. I didn't fear them. And that's what teams, teams used to be fearful of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I feel like this season, they figured, hold up. The hell are we scared of those guys for? And it showed the last month of the season. Very interesting. They relished the underdog role in their run to that Super Bowl win, that famous Super Bowl win over the Patriots when Nick Foles stepped in for Carson Wentz toward the end of that season. But that was really a defining feature of that team was this hungry dogs run faster, that underdog. We saw Jason Kelsey, the soon-to-be-departed from Philadelphia Eagles by by the sound of it, Jason Kelsey kind of lead that spiritually and and, and personally lead that underdog mentality. Well, they they will be underdogs again, I should think. After this campaign, they will be somewhat underdogs again heading into the 2024 campaign, and maybe that is precisely where they are most comfortable being. I think so, and I think they need that to get that, that mental extra something to get them over the hump. But, listener, let's not ignore what Michael slipped in uh, very intentionally at the beginning of all this. The translation for you, Nick Sirianni, is this. You are the leader of this team. It is now, once again, time to prove it. And it's one of the worst playoff games the Cowboys have ever played. Boy, and it just went south so quickly. And finally, Michael, we turn to the Dallas Cowboys, who won the NFC East 
but kind of Jekyll and Hyde their way through the season. Great at home, gruesome on the road. Yeah. And then, of course, the season ended in pure Cowboys fashion, confusing, having hemorrhaged 48 points at home to the Packers in the wild card round. Now, a cynic would say that this franchise seeks attention with the kind of feverish desire that others seek wins. What would you say? I, I think there's some truth to that. I think um, in our society, um, there's, there's no such thing as bad publicity. And if when you stay at the forefronts of people's consciousness, you know, people seem to buy jerseys and hats and, you know, the drama's there and the value of the team goes up. And Jerry Jones continues to be a very wealthy man. That's how it goes. But you don't win any championships. You know what, Andrew? Uh, when I look at this past game, Green Bay Packers, um, Dallas Cowboys, I remember telling all my guys, I, I go to the barbershop with my son on Saturdays uh, when he doesn't have basketball games or whatever. And a lot of times, he has a lot of hair. A lot of times, he's just getting the edge up. We really don't need no haircuts. I go to talk to the people. I go to, to hear with guys in the, on the block talking about what you know, the Cowboy fans, all this and all that. And I remember telling guys, I'm telling you guys, if Dallas doesn't start this game fast, Green Bay will. They, they, they start games fast. That's what they do. They've done it the, in, all of the, from week nine all the way to the end of the season. And if you don't put your foot on them early, they're going to kick your ass. That's exactly what I said. Oh, my bro. And that's oh. exactly what happened. Yeah. Oh, my nobody bro. bought it. Nobody bought it. Oh, they started throwing stuff at me. You know the little things that go around your neck when you, when, when you, yeah. when you go to yeah. barber, yes, right? And course. then afterwards they take of it and course. put alcohol on and it burns. They started throwing that stuff at me. Like, Mike, bro, whatever. <laughs> you lie, man, whatever. This is just Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, this, that, and the third. And they got their ass whipped. And, and, and Andrew, this had everything to do with gap integrity from the defensive side of the football for Dan Quinn and the Dallas Cowboys. And quite honestly, I can almost put it to both A gaps and both B gaps. I can literally take that whole game and ball it up to four holes. A gap, A gap on each side of the center. B gap, B gap on each side of the guard. I can literally, it comes down to that. And let me, let me explain. The Green Bay Packers, they, they want to own the line of scrimmage. That is how they throw the football. It's all play action. That's what they do. Okay? Something just happened to your voice. I've <laughs> my never, bad. Heard, I I've never heard before. I love like, it. Please, please carry that's on. That's what they do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Matt LaFleur devised this plan. He knows they have Michael Parsons over there. We're going to wham block him with a tight end coming across. We're going to wham block him with a tight end coming from outside in. We're going to uh, uh, have a tackle on him sometimes. Uh, we're going to double team him with a tackle and a tight end sometimes. Oh, yeah. When he's in the middle, when, when he's at the linebacker level, we're going right at him. We're going to test him. We're going to see. And then on, we, we're going to make the play. We're going to make the passes look just like the runs. And then we're going to have guys running wide open down the football field. Oh, yeah, and on their crossing routes, Stephon Gilmore likes to undercut the crossing routes, so what we're going to do is we're going to tell Romeo Dobbs, you're going to act like you're going over, and you're going to put your foot in the ground and come right back out, kind of like what Travis Kelsey does in mm. Kansas City. Yes. Oh, it was beautiful. It kind of was. It was beautiful. Now, I, I just, it's crazy, because I just said I don't advocate for nobody losing their job. I don't. But I will say this. Mike McCarthy, last year, you had a really good offense, and Kellen Moore was your offensive coordinator. You said it wasn't enough. You said it wasn't creative enough. You fired him. You took over. I, I had a problem with that because if you're an offensive guy, be a damn ball coach. If you see something wrong, tell him it's wrong. Don't let him do it wrong and then say you messed up just so that he can be the fall guy and you fire him. Like, I didn't like that. I, to, me, that to me, that's BS. If he was wrong, 
fix it and then at the end of the season say, bro, I couldn't do it. We need to part ways, whatever. I can live with that. But don't, don't, don't say I'm good all year and then at the end of the year say you didn't like it, but you're an offensive guy. So I didn't like that. You said you're going to run the ball more this year. That didn't happen. Where's the running game? It was null and void. Okay. Oh yeah. Then when I look at the when I look at the tape, because that's what that's where everything is. When yes. I look at the tape of this Green Bay Packers the defense, truth does not hide. I can show you not one or two, at least ten times. The Packers knew exactly the play that was coming, and I like I, I flew over here. It took me five hours to fly from Richmond, Virginia. For three of those hours, I was trying to figure out how in the hell they knew the place. I'm looking on the sideline on the TV copy. Are they putting cards up? Are they, are they able to read signals? There weren't no signals going in. There was nothing. Mike McCarthy's offense was stale. It is simply that predictable. I mean, the DBs were running to the spot. You saw that interception by Jair Alexander? Yes. He ran the route. That's a whip route where the receiver runs out and then act like he's going out and then turns and comes back. And that's a very difficult route to defend because it looks like an out. For all intents and purposes, it looks like out. Jair Alexander beat him to the football. That does not happen to the point. I heard referees trying to explain what down was the pass in the French. It like he was running the route. How did he know the route was coming? Why? Because the offense is stale. But you're not going to fire yourself, right? So who, who does it fall on, Mr. McCarthy? And I love Mike McCarthy. I really do. Oh, I, think he's a, I think he's a solid of coach. Course. Solid. But we are in this moment, and this moment is different than the moments before when Come he on. earned this reputation and Absolutely. when he earned your respect. Absolutely. And he needs to re-earn that respect, not from you, but from the guys on this roster and from the guys potentially in that front office. A change may be coming in Dallas, but whether the coaches change or not, Michael Robinson is saying what has to change is a fundamental mm -hmm. approach. When the issues in a playoff loss are A-gap and B-gap, and stale, predictable offense, that's not nuanced. That's not sophisticated. That is basic. That is fundamental. This is a team in desperate need of reacquainting themselves with the fundamental. And the owner, Jerry Jones, you deserve a championship. You've had a great football life. Get out of your own way and allow a football coach to come in and be the football coach, because the big reason why Dan Quinn couldn't come up with a scheme to stop the run, because the personnel wasn't there. They don't have it. The general manager has failed them. Who's the general manager for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, listener, I hope you were listening to this, because in Ooh. addition to just this content that we are so blessed to get from guys like Michael Robinson, you are also getting passion. Passion on a subject that it would be easy to say we are fatigued we're over it enough cowboys talk already no no the fire is bright in your spirit and in your eyes when you talk about a cowboys team yes because we spend so much time giving them credit or criticism anticipating trying to predict what they're drew going to more do. than that more than that I, I know these guys yes you do like Dan Quinn is a friend. So let I know this Robinson's dude. passion you know not saying? be a scourge. It's not a lash. It's not it's not scathing criticism. It's frustration over a situation that should be better. Mm -hmm. So uh Jerry and Mike, if you're still there, and Dak, you'll be there. Make it better. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, 
your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We interrupt this podcast to bring you five things you may have missed from Super Wild Card Weekend. Now, listen, we are in a frame of mind that we are looking ahead to the divisional round. But in the spirit of instant nostalgia, we like some of these memories, and some of these memories we don't have yet, but we will have them by the end of this segment, thanks to none other than Bridget Condon, who has five things we may have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. Before we get to them, how are you? Happy playoffs. Nice to see you. Nice to see you in person. Sorry about last week. Glad we can get it done this week, because let me tell you, in all of my weeks of trying to collect five things you may have missed, this was the easiest week, because there was such great content, both on and off the field, and I'm so excited to talk with you about these. That's good at teasing. As I've heard all day. Let's get to it. Number one, the first thing we may have missed in Super Wildcard Weekend. Bridget Condon, what you got? So we all know the Lions won their first playoff game in 32 years. <laughs> Drum roll, everybody. What an accomplishment for the city of Detroit. Uh, Coop, you heard her. Drum roll, please. God, come on, man. Pay attention. Okay, thank you, Bridget. Back to you. Okay, uh, my version of a drum roll. But did you see, and I actually just caught this this morning, there was an elderly fan, a lifelong Lions fan. He, uh, th- I saw this picture on Twitter. He dyed his hair blue. You know how Amon Ross St. Brown dyed his hair yes. blue? He dyed his hair blue. He's in hospice, and like the picture is, is him in a bed, dyed his hair blue, big smile on, and the caption's like, lifelong Lions fan, like, do it for him. I have not been able to track down this man's name, so I apologize that I couldn't bring you that. If anybody has seen this picture and knows who this is, please write in and let us know, because we need to publicize this, and we need to give this guy something, right? Like, whether it is a shout-out or whatever we can bring you, the Lions brought him that first win. I mean, imagine being... Yes. In hospice, you know, you've been a fan for the past 32 years. You hadn't seen a playoff win, and you get that, and you know how tough those moments are when you're with someone in hospice or you're in, you know, obviously neither of us have been in hospice, but it's tough. And if you have, like, that's why we love sports, right? Like, you, ha- if you have one second to just take your mind off of reality and experience joy, that's what this is all about. It is, and I think when I think about my family, Gracie's family in Detroit, these are all normal people, just like you and me. Oh, my gosh. And all of us, all of us normal people, we have our daily challenges from health to financial challenges to family stuff. We've all got stuff. And this person um, lying there in hospice, uh, potentially facing the worst days of his life, gets to balance that experience out with some uncommon joy. Uh, And it has been certainly uncommon in the Detroit area and for Lions fans. So I'm so thrilled for him. We are thinking of you, sir. And let's galvanize resources, listener, on behalf of him. Let's find out uh, who he is and let's send our love and our prayers to him uh, as we with with real fascination for the first time in a long time watch this journey of a Detroit Lions team that has one playoff win under their belt as Bridget said their first in 32 years uh, let's say let's see if they can get a second uh, on Sunday against the Bucks. I'm excited for that game and I was at that game last week I thought the top was going to explode 
It was so loud. I, I can't even wait. Okay, Bridget, that's one thing we may have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. What is number two? Number two, we got to, you know, that first story was awesome, but we need to just kind of change the mood a little bit okay. and laugh a little because Jair Alexander is, I don't even think I have the right vocabulary to describe this man. Incredible <laughs> player. His personality how lucky are we that we get to experience Jair Alexander and the personality that he is? I'm not I'm sure. I'm aware of him as a character, but clearly there's okay. context here that I'm not aware of. So uh, what do you got? Last week, and this would have been one if I hadn't have been unavailable. Did you see the video that went viral of in Green Bay? She was a news reporter reporting outside of Lambeau talking about the Packers being in the playoffs and like previewing the Cowboys game. That's a no. Okay, so she's outside the stadium, and a lot of people gave her flack for this, but I have friends that work in Green Bay, and they were like, she's a news reporter. Like, she didn't necessarily know. So she's doing her stand-up, and she's like, you talking about the Packers, going back to the Cowboys, and all of a sudden you see this person run up right like to her shoulder and it's like I'm just here to tell you Pack is back and she goes there you hear it from a fan Packers are back and she didn't realize that fan was Jair Alexander like he just ran out of the facility That's into right. her live shot the moment the timing her response it was hilarious then on Sunday when they won in Dallas he's going off the field and it, I don't know if it was a cell phone video that caught it or he said it into the camera he was like I said it once and I'll say it again Pack is back and it's just he had a big interception in that game. They, I think, I, I don't know who believed that they were going to win other than the people that are in that facility and their friends and families. A lot of people didn't pick them. They went in there. They did their thing. And Jair Alexander, I mean, it's just amazing. He, he makes me laugh. And I love the character that we're getting to see. Yeah, it's so true. Jair Alexander, what a character. Thank you for that story. I had not seen that. I had not heard that. Listener, go find that piece of video. I know I'm going to as soon as we're done recording here. That sounds amazing. Uh, two teams that didn't maybe expect to be uh, where they are right now in the conversation, in the playoff conversation with real hopes of advancing and turning this season into something to remember forever, something great, the Lions and the Packers. That's one and two. Let's smooth turn right to number three. What's the third thing we may have missed in Super Wild? Card weekend, Bridget Condon. It appears I'm taking the listener on a roller coaster ride because we were a little bit sad the first one, happy the second one. We're going back a little sad for the third What's one. Jason Kelsey, after that game, well, first of all, you know, we thought he was retiring after 13 seasons. He may still very well be, but yeah. he did say on his podcast last night with his brother that, hey, a lot of people are reporting that I went into the locker room and said that was it. He says he has not made a final decision. He said he does not want to make the decision after an emotional game. He wants to sit through the week and, you know, let his emotions play out. He's not going to drag it on, but he, according to him, as of right now, and this is Wednesday, January 17th, is not officially retired. But, you know, the king of the South, king of South Philly, excuse me, looked to his O-line coach at the end of that game in Tampa Bay. They embraced and just him walking off the field. What a moment for him. 13 seasons in the NFL. What he has done both off and on the field needs to be celebrated. And whether he's retiring or not, you know, the moment will come where we congratulate him. But this was a big, this was a big moment for this Eagles. Yeah, it, it really was. And and a special moment for him. Look, if and when he retires, it's going to be on his own terms. Uh, it'll be the platform of his choosing. And somebody who is a seven-time Pro Bowler, a six-time first-team All-Pro, a Super Bowl champion, and yes, the King of South Philly, number 62, Jason Kelsey, deserves to go out in his own terms, on his own terms, I think is the phrase. And it's funny you should say that, Bridget. 
coverage that I did see this one. When that game ended and that camera caught the embrace between him and his O-line coach, I texted on our TA thread, I think Jason Kelsey just informed his O-line coach that he's retiring because the look on the mm-hmm. coach's face was, like, was no, one no. of surprise and, and real instant commiseration and oh wow bro this is serious stuff that you're telling me uh and and you know and and congratulations to you and i'm sad about this and all of those things were kind of swirling around that moment we'll put a finer point on that uh when jason kelsey decides to to make a decision but uh Jason Kelsey, the limelight has always been yours. You were always perfectly suited for the limelight. And there's still plenty of limelight around, even though your Eagles are out of the playoffs. And I think we kind of thought this script would look different this year, right? He loses the Super Bowl to his brother. All the hype that was around that week with their mom and everything, he loses. And still the moments that we saw from him and his mom embracing on the field as the Chiefs won it were just one as a human, it touches your heart. And so we all felt like this was Jason Kelsey's year, right? Like he's meant so much to this sport. Let him go out on top. He made a good point in his podcast and said, you know, people were like, oh man, I feel so sorry if that was your last game. And he's like, I've had 13 years being able to play this sport. You know how much that doesn't get talked about his availability and how he was there every single year and not injured. I mean, we could just go on and on, but he put a good, a good, Bow on it. Don't be sad for him because he's not sad for himself. He's had so many great moments, and he has won a Super Bowl. Yes, he has. That's the third thing we may have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. What is number four? Bills Steelers. Woo. There's a long list. I don't even know where well, we I mean, want to begin. It, it was moved, right? It was supposed to be on Sunday, and then all that snow in northern New York, it moved the game to Monday, and it just allowed the tension uh, in that contest to extend, which I'm sure for the NFL community, on the one hand, was excruciating. On the other hand, was perfect. Uh, what did you see in this game, during this game, that we may not have? So the Steelers' dad, did you see this? So no. Okay, they had offered to fans or whoever to come help shovel out the stadium 20 bucks an hour okay. which i was like dang i wish i was there could really go for some 20 bucks these days in this economy and the fans appeared to shovel out like the bill seats but not like the visitor area so one of the first videos you see as is their right right i mean bill's mafia love it Steeler's dad, he's in Steeler stuff, and then he has, like, two kids behind him. He's, like, walking to his seats and just, like, plowing through with his legs. Like, the way that he is moving and clearing snow with just his legs, get this man in the Olympics because that strength, he does not miss leg day. The human front loader, the, the human way he, shovel. He is just, like, taking the kids through the, <laughs> through the snow. It's awesome. The, another one that I loved, Bills fans, I don't know if you saw this one, there were some people who were clearing off their seats. These two guys were just like, I'm going to just sit, sit in the snow. the snow. They were just leaned back in the snow. The beer was in the snow. I mean, I don't <laughs> I think anyone had a problem can, about drinking I, I a cold. I certainly uh, saw that coming, but no, I beer. did not see that. Uh, snow, it does create uh, very interesting environments in uh, NFL games, but uh, what we may have missed is the environment that it created in the NFL stands uh, at Highmark Stadium. And Steelers fan, Steelers dad, uh, st- a human shovel. Year. Well played, bud. Yeah, dad of the year indeed. That's the fourth thing we may have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. Bridget Condon, as you always do, let's finish strong. What's number five? It is along the lines of the same. Uh, cold has to do with the cold. Yeah. Andy Reid. Did you see that his oh, mustache uh, okay. froze? I did. In fact, I, I texted out on our thread 
Uh, Reed's mustache is the new Coughlin face. Because remember the Coughlin <laughs> face yes. from that famous game in, in, in Green Bay, I think it was, yep. with the frozen face. Yep. I saw the, the frozen mustache and I thought, this is going to be memorable. So Travis Kelsey shared this story on the New Heights podcast yesterday. Someone went up to Andy Reed's and was like, hey, like you got something on your mustache. And his response, according to Travis, was, yeah, I know I do. This isn't a beauty pageant. It's a football game. Isn't that hilarious? So I mean, it's just, it is just Andy Reid yeah, and the Chiefs go in and, you know, destroy the Dolphins 26 to 7. That game Sunday between the Bills and the Chiefs. I have not it's looked going forward to, be epic. to a, a playoff game oh more goodness. than that one. I cannot remember when. It's going to be epic, but I love Andy Reid and I, you know, you. I feel like we have to appreciate the long-tenured coaches more now than ever, especially with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick both gone or moving on. And Andy Reid, you know, he's one of the ones, him and Mike Tomlin, that we get to appreciate. And, like, let's just soak up all of Andy Reid because, as we know, after what happened last week, we're not always going to see Andy Reid in a Chiefs uniform and coaching in the NFL. So let's embrace his frozen mustache. Let's embrace the fact that he does not care and maybe we'll get to see it. I don't know what the weather is in Buffalo this weekend, but uh, I think maybe it's round be cold. two. Uh, you have to be a certain type of person and a certain caliber of coach to last as long as Andy Reid has in the NFL. But, of course, you have to be a certain kind of man to have a frozen mustache and to not care because <laughs> it's football, damn it. Uh, you not have to a be a certain pageant. kind of dad to be able to uh, you know, shovel your seats free uh, in deep snow in Buffalo as that Steelers fan, that Steelers dad did. You're one of one if you're Jason Kelsey. And whether Jason Kelsey retires this week, next week, or next year, um, he has already put together a Hall of Fame resume. And we are sad to see you go, Jason Kelsey, whenever that day comes, whether that's now or later. Pack is back. Jair Alexander reminding the world what we have seen all these weeks leading up to the playoffs. And yes, now in the playoffs, that yes, Pack is back, uh, whether you know it's Jair Alexander over your shoulder or not. And that Detroit Lions story is going to sit with me, Bridget, and I think it will with our listeners too. A Lions fan, a long-suffering Lions fan, as all of Lions fans have been over these last three decades and more, um, who is staring mortality in the face, is in his weakest, most challenging days as a human being, and yet gets to balance that awful experience with the joy of watching his team do something they haven't done in a long, long time. Uh, And he dyed his hair blue to celebrate that moment. I think that's wonderful. And I really hope for you, sir, that your lion's joy continues all the way to to Vegas. I've just decided right here and now, Bridget, that I want the Detroit Lions to win the Super Bowl. If not for my wife's family, then certainly for that guy. we got to get him on the pod if it it happens. Congratulations, sir, for your team's success, and best of luck with your personal challenge going forward. Those are five things we may just have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. Bridge, uh, the season's coming to an end, but we've got, what, four games this weekend, two games two games the week after, and then the game of all games Ooh. two weeks after that. I certainly hope we can invite you back in the days to oh, come. Oh, yeah, and I know we're going to get some good stuff from all of these games. I was worried as the games shrunk in number that we it would be challenging, but... Man, it just gets better the, the more intense the better. games are. And when it does, you know who will be here to celebrate things we may have missed. Bridget Conn, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I want to thank today's special guests, Bridget. Thank you for the five things we may have missed in Super Wild Card Weekend. And Michael Robinson, thank you so much for breaking down the three Super Wild Card losers in the NFC. But man, are really winning an interesting take on all three, the Rams, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. I'm taking hope for all three teams away from what you said. Thank you for your time today. Thank you, brother. And I want to invite the listener to join us tomorrow morning when Michael Robinson will be back in the chair to give us his official viewer's guide to the NFC side of the divisional round bracket. That is one game between the Packers and Niners and a game, of course, between the Bucks and the Lions. Four teams, two games, one place for your complete viewer's guide. That's tomorrow morning on NFL Total Access, the podcast with Michael Robinson. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.